That will be our prayer this morning, amen, that we open up the floodgates of heaven, amen. So thankful. Thank you, praise team. Enjoyed that this morning. Going to be preaching again, living out of the overflow. Preached on that last week when we're connected to Jesus Christ. We can live out that overflow of, of being connected to Him every day. We can experience the joy of our salvation and just the joy of loving church and each other in this church. And that's what we were talking about in our class this morning about how God is really growing the heart of this church. Amen. Amen. And He does that one, one person at a time. And we're living in that overflow of Jesus Christ. And that's what gives this church a big heart. The heart that Christ shines through. Amen. That's what it's about. Is how many are we helping outside these walls in this community? Amen. Right. Amen. Folks that are in need. And I'm going to be on this for the next couple of weeks, but even the folks that are in need, how many, how many are we helping as a church body? It's great to meet here on Sundays. It's great to sing songs and, 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 and get to talk to each other and, and visit with each other, but really and truly, our, our job as a church is to serve. Amen? Amen? Is to reach outside these walls. That's where the church is at. Is outside these walls this morning. Let's stand as we read from Matthew. Uh, there's a story in Matthew. <clears throat> James and John comes to Jesus Christ, and he's they're wanting something from him. They're wanting. They know Jesus Christ has been teaching them many times that I'm going to be setting up my kingdom. I'm going to be setting up my kingdom. They've heard this, and so actually, James and John's mom comes to the. She comes to Jesus Christ and she comes in front of him and says, Jesus, when you go to build your kingdom and you set your kingdom up and you reign on your throne, I want my two precious boys, James and John, to sit on your right and your left. And, and I want, there's, a, there's a great story that in this that Jesus taught them, a great message that He taught these disciples that it's not about I, Amen. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And He is still on His throne. Amen. And so He wants us to know that to be great in God's eyes and to be great in God's kingdom, it's all about our service. Look what He says in Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 20. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee, sons, came to Him with her sons, kneeling down and asking from Him. And He said to her, Basically what he said in Arkansas language is, what do you want? <laughs> and she said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, do you not know what you ask? Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized. But to sit on my right hand and to sit on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with their two brothers. But Jesus called them to Himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and that those who are in great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be among you, but whosoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whosoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give His life as a ransom for many. Heavenly Father, we just thank You this morning. 
Lord, I pray that You'll just teach us to serve out of the overflow of our hearts connected to You. And Lord, I pray that we'd just allow You to move in this service this morning. Lord, speak to us through Your Word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. When we live out of the overflow of our lives with Jesus Christ, when we're really being connected to Jesus Christ, we live out of that overflow, you can't help but want to serve. When you're living out of that, I always say this, when you're living out of the overflow of your relationship with Jesus, you can't do, you've, you can't just sit still. When you see a need, when you hear something happening, you want to jump up or, or maybe here we are a lot of times that the Holy Spirit convicts us and say, won't you help that person? Won't you call about that person? Won't, won't you pray about that person? And we get so busy in this life that we say, and I know I've been there, I'll, I'll call them later. Come on, you bunch of holy Baptists. I know you've done that. We all think that out of that overflow that we have is what causes us to be the men and women of God that God is calling us to be. That inside, out of the overflow of God's love, when we live, when we're really close to Him, we're really living in a walk with Jesus Christ, and I mean, and not just a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday relationship, but an everyday walk with Him, we really get a heart. We really get a heart to want to serve people. And these two guys here, James and John, two of the disciples, they wanted, they wanted to be the greatest. They wanted, man, if Jesus is going to set up His kingdom, He's been preaching His kingdom to us, I want to sit one on the left and one of my boys on the right. And they're going, they going to be so proud of Him, sitting up there on that throne. Jesus Christ, the Lord of this kingdom. And Jesus says, guys, listen, the way you're trying to get there is not how my Father expects us to be sitting on thrones in His kingdom. My thinking is different than this worldly thinking. Amen? Amen? Number one, he says, number one, serving is all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the Father. Amen? Everything we do in this church is about Jesus Christ. Should be. Amen. If it's about... I Listen, if you do something in this church to get acknowledgement or to get somebody to lift you up, we're serving out the wrong reason. Amen? Amen. It kind of reminds, I was thinking about that this week when, when everything we do in this church is for God's honor and glory. Amen. Should be. If our heart, if we're living out of the overflow, it will be. And so I was thinking back about, oh, Hunter was probably four years old. I think Mevlin had the, the photo album out the other night. And we were going through some pictures. And man, he was about that tall. And he used to love to go up above Mount Ida, and we still go there today. I mean, we still, even at 18, we mean him still go fishing up there. But there's a creek up there that you can wade, and you can catch fish. And, and man, they just, I mean, when they're on, they're on. And, uh, I mean, you can just catch one after another. And Hunter, I remember when he was about four years old, used to make him so proud. He'd be so big. He thought he was, he thought he was a David Crumpton, man. I mean, a Larry Vaughn. He, he just knew. That he was going to be a big fisherman. We'd be up on that bank, and I and I wanted so much. I should have brought a picture. I wanted Michelle to put the picture of him at four years old. He's sitting, had shorts on, with his cowboy boots on, sitting on the side of the bank, and he's got his pole and his tongue sticking out, and his pole's bending. And he's trying to reel it in. <laughs> and the reason he got to that was because his daddy would help him. I would throw out there and I would reel the bait back, you know, and I'd feel the fish hit and I'd hook it. I'd say, Hunter, Hunter, you got one on. And it was his pole, it was his line, it was his bait. 
I would give it to him, boy, and he'd go to reeling that in. Man, he would fight that fish and pick it up, and I'd take it off, and we'd high-five each other. I'd take the rod, and I'd throw back out there again. I'd reel and work it, and as soon as they'd hit, set the hook, hand it to him. And we got finally, and boy, we had a great time. We had like 15 fish. We got back to the house where Melvin was at, and as soon as Hunter walks in, he goes, Hey, Mom, we caught 15, and Dad didn't catch one. <laughs> You know, Melvin would ask him, how many you catch? Oh, I caught them all. There was a lot of that time when he was little, he did catch them all, but it was through me, amen? Amen. And, 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 and part of me wanted to say, watch your mouth. You didn't catch all them fish, I did. But I wanted him to get all the credit. It built him up. It made him feel big. And so it's the same way in our serving with Jesus Christ. We, listen, God has equipped us. He, give, he has given us everything to do His work. Amen. But He wants the honor and glory for it. Amen. He's already set the hook. He's already caught the fish for this church. <laughs> but He wants to be honored. He wants to get the honor and glory when we do service of everything we do. And that's what's growing the heart of this church. The heart is getting bigger because people are doing it for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ and not just to lift up you. Yes, I'm your pastor. and Yes, I'm George Vincent. Yes, hey, but I am not the church. Amen? God still, listen, I'm the mouthpiece and I'm going to be up here every Sunday preaching God's Word, putting out God's Word, challenging people. But listen, this church is the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? This is His church. And the more that we start getting people on board and realizing that this is all about, listen, serving out of the overflow, you'll be excited to serve Jesus Christ. Uh, Michelle, let's go back to that in verse 20. I love, because through this worldly thinking, we think that to be great in this world is, is position. You've got to position yourself to be great. And that's exactly what James and John's mother was trying to do here. She wanted to get them in position so they could see her sons and everybody would walk up her and say, that's Jesus Christ, that's the Messiah in the middle throne. There's James and there's John sitting on his right and his left hand. She wanted to get them in position to be great. And I love what he, he said. In verse 21 it says, And he said to her, What do you want or what do you wish? And she said, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, and I love this, He says, that's fine, but listen, you cannot, you do not know what you ask. Are you going to be able to drink the cup that I'm drinking? Are you going to be able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? Are you going to be able to go and, and walk in front of all them people and be humiliated and spit on and beaten and your flesh tore and hung on the cross are you going to be able to drink the cup that I'm going to have to drink and they're, and they're not understanding what, he, what he's exactly talking about they're going cup drinking a cup and baptized and Jesus we've already been he's not talking about water baptism he's talking about the persecution and through the fire you ever heard that saying baptized by fire he's bringing them through the persecution are you going to be able to carry the sin weight of this world on your shoulders and be the one atonement sacrifice and die and then three days later are you going to be able to be resurrected and ascend to the father are you going to be able to sin, be the God that sends the Holy Spirit down on the day of Pentecost and indwell in every believer and empower them? Are you going to be able to do that? And I love what they said in the next verse, verse 24. 
And when the ten heard it, but when the ten, it's like a bunch of Baptists, when the ten heard it, they all got mad. I can't believe you're asking him that. You're asking him how to be great. And they were very displeased. You're very selfish for wanting to sit on the right and the left. I can't believe they did that. Let's call another business meeting and kick them out. I can't believe they said that to Jesus face to face. They want to be great. Listen here. Jesus wasn't saying do not be great. Amen? Hey, listen, He's not telling the church today in 2014 not to be great. Everybody thinks that we're humble little Christians. We go to church. you know. He's telling us to have a humble heart and a humble spirit. But God put desire in each and every one of our hearts. Yes. Amen? How many of y'all don't want to be great? How many of y'all want to have a great family? I don't know a person one that says, I just want an average family. I know Ben, ben just had a brand new little boy. Amen? And he wants his boy to be the greatest boy in the world. Amen? I can already tell by the smile on his face. Amen? I mean, I remember when Ben was coming in here and Destiny was coming. You're talking about it. I can see the change that God made in their lives. I mean, they would come in and I think when Ben came here the first Sunday, he said, I don't know what I... Man, this guy here is crazy. He walks by me and talks to me. And... But then I started noticing how the Holy Spirit was changing Ben. And then when Destiny had her baby, it was over. Ben used, to thought, ben used to think he was a big mama jama boy. I mean, he, he thought he was a big boy. Amen. He thought he was a stud until, until Bentley came. Amen. And now I watch him. I see pictures on Facebook. It's changed his whole attitude. It's changed by being in a close relationship just with his family. Can you imagine what God does when we're in a close relationship with him? How he changes our hearts? And Jesus called to Himself and said, so you know the rulers and the Gentiles. He said, listen guys, you cannot be great by just trying to run over people. That's not what I'm saying. That's the world's thinking. Amen? Run over who you can run over and no matter who you got to get through to be great to climb the corporate ladder. Amen? Do whatever you need to do to get to the top. Jesus said, listen, I am not saying that. He said, but I am saying we need as children of God in the church, we need to try to achieve to be great. Amen? How many of y'all agree that? Amen. I mean, I'm preaching on greatness here. And you go, okay, whatever. <laughs> I guess I'll just get the ushers to pass the plates. We'll be great then. Amen? <laughs> God wants us to be great. When, listen, the, listen, the Holy Spirit's inside of you and He has purpose and destiny inside of you. He wants you to be great. He wants us to be the greatest dad to our kids that we can be. Amen? Amen. Listen, He wants us to be the greatest church. He wants us to have the greatest ministries in here. And if we're not living up to that, if you're in your ministry saying, oh, I don't care if it's the greatest or not, you're in the wrong position. I don't sit up here and just preach for George Vincent every Sunday. Amen? I want to see lives being changed through the Word of God. And see God change you because you get in the overflow of His Spirit. You live under that overflow and it starts changing your, your priorities. It starts changing the direction you're walking, the way you're leading your family. You used to do things that you don't do no more. That's because you're living under that overflow. And Jesus said, it's, there's nothing wrong with being great. How many of y'all want this church to be great? Amen. 
You say, well, y'all's bragging up here. Want it to be great? I want to be great in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what... Listen, Jesus wants all of us to be great with His name attached to us. Under the name of Jesus. And He's saying, guys, listen. I want you to be great, but you're going to have to go about it a different way. You can't achieve it like the world's achieving it. In verse 26, can you, can you go to verse 26, Michelle? It says, yet it shall not be so among you. He says, guys, I want you to be great, but you're not going to achieve it like the world is. Not among you, not among children of God, not among the ones that I'm saved and the Holy Spirit's indwelling inside of you. You, call, you, you know, we call ourselves Christians, amen? He says, if you're a saved child of God, it, you will not run over people to be great. You will not make an impact on people and be great by running over them. Yet it shall not be among you, but whosoever desires to become great among you, here it is, this is really tough, let him become a servant. Did y'all hear that? To be great is to serve someone else. You can think back in your families, the, probably in your family, at your family reunions and whatever you have. We all have people in our families that are respected, people think highly of. And the reason they do is probably because they're a servant. The most people in your family that you really love and appreciate is your servants. They'll do anything they can do for you. They'll give the shirt off your back. You got family like that? Amen. Then you got some in the church. And I know God, y'all saying, man, Brother George, he's looking up there and saying, you're the pastor. You preach every Sunday. You make a big impact. God is really... God, you know what I think God is saying about us up fronters a lot of times in the churches? I think He looks around and says, they're okay. He's okay. The praise team, they're okay. Them guys that are up front every Sunday that you see, they're okay. But God is saying the one I'm really fired up about is the one that's serving behind the scenes, that the spotlight is not on, that has fed the poor, He has helped the people. That's the one I really am fired up about that person's heart. They're the ones that are really getting close to me. That's the ones I love. Yes, He's gifted the ones to be up front and all that, but He says, man, the one I really love is the one that serves. And listen, God is really impressed. God is impressed. What really catches God's eyes is a servant. We can sing and God has blessed us to be able to sing and play music here and just have a good time in the Lord and upfront gifts and, and, and me preaching. But listen, God is more fired up about a servant than He is about a sermon. Because He says when a servant, listen, to become a servant and to become great, you've got to have humility. Amen? How many of y'all ever get the big head? Boy, there's a lot of big heads in here. We all, listen, I can go up and tell somebody and do something and, and, and they can do it to me. Man, Brother George, they tell you, man, you did a great job. That was so beautiful. And all of a sudden you walk, they walk off and you go, hmm, I knew it was. Amen? Amen? I, I, I could have told her that before she ever told me. I knew it was good. You know, and that head starts... And then we start thinking that we're better than what we really are. Amen? And the devil sets that trap every time that we really think we're doing. And then we get to the point when we start getting the big head, then we just start showing up and sitting down in a pew on Sunday thinking, you'll be proud of me, God. God said it's your obligation. <laughs> you should be here. It's your reasonable service. 
But we think we did God a great service just by coming to church. Amen. Y'all got quiet. We thought it was this... Man, Brother George, you don't know what I... I was just telling my class this morning. It's the, me and Melvin was talking about it this morning in the bathroom while I was getting ready. The very first, it doesn't matter, Monday through Saturday, Tim, I can get up, be ready to rock and roll and go. Man, can't wait to get to church, go here, do ministry, do this, go in here. But when it comes to Sunday mornings, I get more tired on Sunday than I do any other day. Amen? How about y'all? Melvin was going, oh, she was sitting there, you know, doing whatever she does. You know, in the mirror. And she says, I am so tired. I could just crawl back in bed and sleep for four hours. I said, yeah, but if we did that on Saturdays, we'd be tossing and turning. We'd be right back up ready to go. It's something that the devil puts in our water on Saturday nights. Amen? That causes us... It's some type of demonic sleeping pill or something. Amen? I mean, we're drowsy. We're just sluggish. we got to go serve Jesus. And that's the problem. If serving God becomes a duty and not a delight, that's where we're going the wrong direction in our relationship. If it's a duty for you to get up and go to church, if it's a duty to call on someone in this church, if it's a duty for you to do ministry, if it's a duty and not a delight, something's wrong with your spout. Remember last Sunday? You're not living under the overflow of God's Spirit. And I see people when I go and preach at revivals and and even sometimes here. Their body came, but their face isn't here. Amen? Their body wanted to be here, but their face did not. I mean... I hope he hurries up and preaches and gets through. It's 5 12. I've got to get... We've got to beat the Methodists today. We've got to go eat. You don't know what kind of week I've had. I just be thankful I'm here, Brother George. Amen? Some of y'all have thought it, I can tell. And so we think that it's... When, listen, when, when serving out of a relationship with Jesus becomes a duty, there's something wrong with our relationship with Jesus. When I have to open my Bible up to read, we should want to, amen? There should be a desire to be in God's Word. But when I have to open it up, and it's like just, oh, I've got to hurry. Let me read four verses, and I'm fixing to go watch American Idol. <laughs> Y'all watch American Idol. I know you do. <laughs> or you got to run here. You got to run. Well, I would read the Bible, but I got to run the kids. They got basketball tonight. They got practice. You know, we got hobbies everywhere. We're just busy, Brother George, going here and going there. When it becomes a duty to open up His Word, right. we're not living in the overflow. Amen. His Spirit is not moving through us, it's being blocked somewhere. Amen. It's kind of like the Dead Sea. You know why the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea? Because water flows into the Dead Sea and there's no outlet. The water becomes stagnated. Everything that's in the Dead Sea, that's why they call it the Dead Sea. It's There you go. A lot of times that, 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 that's our Christian walk. 
We got an inlet, we got an inlet coming in, but there's nothing going out. Amen. And until we serve, until we get under the overflow and realize, I'm not singing. <laughs> I may be under the overflow, but I ain't singing. Amen? Amen. Preaching's my job. <laughs> now, where was I at, y'all? Somebody start me back up. What did I say last? Huh? No, before the singing. Huh? The Dead Sea. Yeah, the Dead Sea. That does. That is a... Man, once I start preaching going, don't stop me. <laughs> the Dead Sea has a lot coming in, but then that does explain our spiritual walk. We, want, we take in a lot of stuff. We want a lot of stuff to give to us. We want the Holy Spirit to give, 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 give. We want to read God's Word and we want to give, 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 give me Word. Give me the Word. Give me the Word. Give me the Word. We want the church to give us this. Ministry, ministry. Feed us, Brother George. Feed us in this. we got women's ministry. Feed us, feed us, feed us, feed us. But the Word, all it does is stay inside of us. And after a while, if there's no outlet of service, living on the underflow to allow it to keep washing the Word through us into somebody else, it dies. It gets stagnant and it dies. We become like the church at Laodicea. You're not hot. You're not cold. You're just lukewarm. How many of y'all like lukewarm water? I spit it out. Man, it's just lukewarm. It is no good. And that's where we start getting lukewarm in our service and in our walk. And, and when that happens, we do not see the needs in our church. When we start living like a Dead Sea church, there is people hurting in pews four rows behind you that need prayer, need help, and encouragement, but we're so busy to get out of here. I gotta go. I got my own problems, Brother George. Boom. I'm gone. We got ball practice at one thirty, and you preach at one fifteen. We gotta go. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We live a busy lifestyle, and when the word is stays, when the word is dead and does not take root inside of us, we do not see the needs of hurting people. I'm gonna preach. I'm not. I'm, that's next Sunday sermon. There's a lot of hurting people in this church. Some because of their own fault. Some not. Amen. I knew that wouldn't be a hallelujah shouting quote. <laughs> we got hurting people in this church. Amen. Some because of their own fault. Yeah. And some because they just got drug into it. Right. Yes. Amen. Yes. How many of y'all ever think you mess up and it's your fault sometimes? Yes. I figured y'all wouldn't even raise your hand. <laughs> Day, day a lot of times when sin gets in my life, it's a lot of times sin and, and, and problems in my life and, and things that get me off of the track and out of the flow of the Holy Spirit of living with Jesus Christ. Some of it's just my fault and choices I made. Amen? Yeah. And, when I, and, and see, here's the problem is getting George to realize that he was the problem. Amen. Because when people start saying, and even meddling, says, you need to check your attitude. Come on, women, you ever tell your men that? I was looking for a shout down there. I'm the last person to see that. 
listen, she sees all my faults. She lives with me 24-7. And believe me, ask her, I'm just as loud in here at a restaurant and at a ball game. I'm this away everywhere. Amen. I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> I try my best to live the same behind this pulpit when I'm preaching. My personality and what I do. And at home around her. I try to be the same person. I don't believe I need to live like George in the world during the week and get up here on Sunday and look my best and talk my best, but can't live it in front of my family. Amen? If that's the case, then I'm, I'm carrying around a dead sea. I'm just an old dead sea. The Word's coming in. And I'm the first one. I'm the last one that wants to admit that I made that bad choice. You know what I do most time? I point fingers at somebody else. How many of y'all done that before? Hey, y'all do this real quick. Just point at me like this. That's all right. Point at me, huh? I hadn't done nothing bad. I got a good conscience. Okay, just remember when you point your finger at somebody else, Look at there, you got three coming right back at you, brother. You're outvoted. Amen. And so I'm usually the last person to see my problems until I until I listen. This is the whole key in staying up until I see that the problem I made or the choice that I made took me in the wrong direction. First of me admitting the Lord that hey, I messed up, until I get on my knees and repent of that. And say, Lord, I need forgiveness for that. I was wrong. God says, okay, I'm opening up the floodgates of heaven. It's fixing to start raining all over you again. That's why a lot of us walk around in droughts. Because it's always somebody else's fault. I mean, amen? I run out on gas and I blame it on Melvin for not telling me I was on E. We get that bad. And God says, if you want to get some flow flowing through that dead sea of your heart and your life and have an outlet of touching others, you're going to acknowledge that, hey, you can't do it without me. You've got to be humble. If you're going to be a servant, you've got to be humble. And man, sometimes it's hard to be humble when you're wrong. Amen. How many of y'all had to go back and tell somebody you were wrong? Can I tell the UPS story? No. Hey, I was very proud of Mevlin. Y'all gonna get a kick out of this one. This was back during Christmas. It wasn't UPS. What's the other group? FedEx. FedEx. Mevlin was at home. You know, she has her foot propped up with that big old ankle thing on. She's you know, she's propped up, been milking it going on 14 weeks. And, and uh, somebody take me out to eat after church. She ordered something from FedEx, okay? It was supposed to be next day delivery. She waited all that day and they didn't come. The next day, they said, well, it'll be there. She had to run to town... She went somewhere to do something, come back, and it wasn't there. And it was a Christmas present that we had to give to It had to be there. And she says, I need this to be here next day. It's a present. 
And so she calls. She says, I can't believe it. You know, it, you know, she starts off a little bit warm, you know. <laughs> and then by the end of the day, when they hadn't got there, boy, that little blonde was ready to call. I'm calling FedEx and I'm going to find out. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. She calls him up and said, Ma'am, the driver said he put a note on your gate and said you was not home. I'm home. I'm home. I give him the code. He knows how to get in. I just don't think he'd come by. She said, Well, ma'am, he'll, he, let, me, let me get in contact with him. Let's trace it down and see where it's at. We'll have him bring it to you. Well, lo and behold, a few hours later, here comes FedEx up the driveway. He did come by. Amen. Boy, I'm trying to remember this story. He did come by. He did leave a note, okay? She said, well, you didn't come to my house and put it on my door. She said, I give you the code. I give you everything to come in the driveway and put the note on my front door if you did not show up. He said, ma'am, I did come. She said, you did not. You did not come in my gate. He said, ma'am, you give me the wrong code. So needless to say, she says, okay, blah, blah, blah. And she hung the phone up. Well, I get home that afternoon from church. She says, I got my... I said, oh, the gift came in. She goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> she says, I've got to do something. I've got to call... I've got to call that FedEx man. She had, See, this is, listen, when you're a true child of God, He's going to stir stuff up in your spirit. Right or wrong. And this wasn't nothing bad. I mean, she just gave him the wrong gate code, you know. He never would have got in. It wasn't his fault. And, but she had sit there, and she was glad to get the gift, but the Holy Spirit started dealing with her. If she wasn't living in the overflow, it wouldn't even bother her. But her being an overflow, she got home, she said, you know what, George, I've got to call that man back. I said, I don't know who it was. I'm going to call the lady. They traced him all the way back. She talked to him one-on-one. And she said, I won't apologize to you. I said, you said that you, I, 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 was, I was pointing my finger at you saying that you came in my gate and you did and you, I thought you was lying to me. And all along it was me that gave you the wrong gate code. She said, I'm sorry. And he it about blowed him. He goes, oh, no, no, you don't have to worry about it, man. And she, man, she just flooded him. You know, but when she got off the phone, she was 100% better. Amen. Amen. And see, this is the way it is in our walk, whether it's unforgiveness. There's a lot of people that carry grudges for years. Yes. And unforgiveness, they will not... Listen guys, the only person that's getting hurt in unforgiveness is you. Amen. You can sit there in the eyes of God, in the eyes of your peers and your family and say, I will not forgive that person what they did to me. You're not hurting them. You're not hurting nobody else but you because you'll never be able to move on in your walk with Jesus Christ and experience things of Christ you've never experienced before. But when we do that, we become an outlet in our dead sea. Everything becomes washed and made new. Amen? The Holy Spirit just washes you clean. It makes you feel like you've been saved all over again. Amen? Amen? Amen. How many felt that way before? 
I know you felt good when you got saved and you felt cleansed and free, but man, when you can let off a load of junk of this world puts on you of unforgiveness and bitterness and hatefulness and everything that it attaches to us during the week and we can unload it, it feels so good to have an outlet. Amen. Now, when it flows through me, I can actually help. So most of us can't help other people because we got to get us fixed first. Amen. We got to get us in the right position before we can help others. That's what I've always said about this church. God will send more people if He wants them here. He'll send them, but we got to be able to handle who He sends. Amen. 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 And let's remember it's all about serving Jesus. Go to Colossians. I want to close with Colossians real quick. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Some of y'all may be disappointed about your service in this church. Or you may have got heartbroken or disappointed in another church that you used to be at in years past. Here's a great verse you need to mark and keep up every day in your walk with Jesus Christ. Why do you do what you do for Jesus Christ? This is the why and the do right here in this verse. And whatever you do, do it heartily. Amen. Do it with passion. If we're going to serve Jesus, we're going to have church, let's do it passionately. Let's not look like the frozen chosen. Amen. Let's not look like a bunch of dead church people coming to church. Let's live passionately when we preach, teach with our kids, lead our youth, do a Valentine's banquet. Oh, I had so much fun. Oh, I'm still sore from laughing. I laughed so much that night. I found out a whole lot of stuff about our members and they will be at the altars in a little bit. Whoa! That newlywed game was something else. But whatever you do, do it with passion. Man, if you're just praying, pray with passion. If you're a greeter in the back, greet them with passion. If you play music, man, y'all guys play that thing with passion. Worship leaders, singers, all you girls and guys that sing, sing with passion. Sing with conviction of why Jesus Christ is real to you and what He's done for you. Passionate. He says, whatever you do is the Lord and, but do it to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. Did y'all hear that? You will receive a reward from the Lord for you serve the Lord Christ. That's who you serve. Amen? You don't serve me. You don't serve just this building. You serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Then out of that overflow, we get blessed by it. Amen? Amen. When, when, you, when this rose serves, we all get blessed. When this rose serves, we all get blessed. Why do you think everything we do when we have stuff and we put it on here ministry-wise, everybody leaves saying, wow, I had a good time. Just really refreshed. Because the overflow went to everybody. Amen. Everybody got a piece of God's Spirit. And listen, it's great for me to preach on Sundays. It's great to have the praise team. It's great to see the upfronters when the lights are on. But the true church is sitting right back here in these pews. The one that serves is a real church. Amen. Isn't it amazing how the one that serves doesn't get much uh, recognition? Because Jesus said, I come myself to serve, not to be served. Amen. I look back here to all this stuff that goes on in this church, 
And I see just from the food pantry downstairs on Wednesdays of all the people that's in the food pantry. They're down there serving. Preparing, getting it ready. Family after family, every Wednesday coming in. Fifty-something families every... Even We helped out over 4,000 people in our food pantry. It takes servants to be able to serve. Humble. You've got to have a heart. Your heart has to break for what God's heart is broke about. Amen? We've got to get to the point in our walk where our heart is being broke because God's heart is being broke over a certain need of a family, of a ministry. When that happens, we'll learn to serve. You say, Brother George, I don't know. I just, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. You know, this, this, this. Listen, if you just keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, that's who you serve, you'll be okay. If this church will keep its eyes on Jesus, amen? And your relationship, hey, God's going to do great things in this church, Amen? I had a grandma that prayed for years and years and years for my grandpa to be... You know, my grandma didn't do a whole lot in the church when she was older, but she prayed all the time. And I, and I listen, I never... Even when... It didn't matter if it was on Tuesday. It was always on her lips about praying for her husband to be saved. Which was my grandpa, she'd say. She'd always tell... I remember as an eight, nine-year-old kid saying, pray for him. Pray that He'll get saved. Pray that He'll come to know Jesus Christ. Pray that He'll know Jesus. Ever just pray. I heard this growing up from little up till one day till finally God opened the floodgates of heaven and He accepted Jesus Christ. It didn't happen because the, the preacher preached a sermon every Sunday or they threw a big church dinner or great worship music. It was because one person humbled themselves and prayed when nobody was watching. Just praying. <laughs> Heavenly Father, teach us this morning. Lord, mold us to have a heart for people that are hurting. For Lord, Lord, mold our hearts to have a heart of service. Because Lord, we can love all we want. We can preach truth all we want. We can have the prettiest buildings all we want. But until we serve, we will not experience You. Until we really get down with a heart to serve. And there, there's a place in here for everybody to serve. I guarantee if you've been coming here for any amount of time, God has convicted you about a place in this church that He wants you to serve. Now, you may have got real busy and, and just kind of, you know, just pushed the conviction to the side and kept going on with life. But there, there's a place for everybody in here to be serving. And Lord, I pray that You would reveal that to us this morning. Lord, don't let us be recipients of just receiving Your Word and and it not taking root and living inside of us, Lord. But Lord, I want to be more than a Christian that Your Word's dying in. Lord, I don't want my life to be dying and my, my ministry and my preaching to be dead. But to be vibrant and alive under Your overflow of Your Holy Spirit and Your love. Then we make an impact on people around us. Lord, if there's someone in here that needs to make a move for you this morning, whatever it may be, they may not know you as a personal Savior, maybe never accepted you, maybe they just thought they were saved. Let them get real 
with their hearts this morning. You may want to be baptized. You may want to rededicate your heart and get back. Maybe you feel like the dead sea inside of you this morning. Maybe you know a lot of truth and got a lot of head knowledge, but that's all it is, is head knowledge and truth, but it's not, it's not living out of your life. Whatever it is, maybe you have a burden for someone in your family. Maybe you want to come pray for the sick this morning. Whatever it is, take that step of faith. When the Holy Spirit nudges you this morning, it may not be a loud thundering voice, it may be a whisper. Step out on that whisper and see what God does. Don't shut the door on Him no more. Let God lead and open and close the doors in your life. Lord, have Your way in this altar call, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As the altar workers come, as you come, maybe God's been speaking to your heart about your service. Maybe He showed you someone in your neighborhood. Maybe in this church. Maybe on your street that needs help. Won't you be a servant? Won't you become great in God's eyes this morning? As we sing, come.